This is Jeff Chrisman, and we're back here with John Dunning, the owner of Trolley Stop Records, continuing our conversation. I thought, uh, John, if we could, uh, to maybe understand a little more about how you pr- how you promote your concerts and let folks know, you know, as far as upcoming events. Right. And- well, we put posters up on the door and put some out around town. But our biggest promotional tool is Facebook, uh, Trolley Stop Record Shop Facebook page, and we, uh, you know, let. People know what shows we're going to have, but we also uh, acknowledge rock and roll birthdays and different famous events in rock and roll, like what happened on this day, you know, 40 years ago or 50. Yeah, anymore, it's becoming 50 years, you know, pretty <laughs> pretty frequently, you know, and which is kind of hard to imagine because you were there and you're thinking, man, how, how did that happen? Where did those 50 years go? You know, they're. But uh, uh, so anyway, we put a lot of that. We get a lot of interaction with people on our trolley stuff record shop book page, and uh, that's pretty much how we we do it. And word of mouth, and then the musicians they promote it on their Facebook. So it's just a lot of networking. And as far as if people are interested in buying tickets, would they need to call the store directly? I wasn't sure the best well, way for folks to. At, at this point in time, I think pretty much just show up. Uh, but if you're worried about it, you could come get one. And, uh, you know, with this Biff Rose that's coming on October 8th, I'm not sure what kind of crowd he'll draw. But people have been hearing about it and are pretty excited. And a lady called yesterday from Midland, Texas. And hmm. her and her friend are flying up here just for the show. Oh, wow. So I, it tells <laughs> me he's got a following of yeah. some kind, which is kind of cool. So, but anyway, mostly Facebook. That, that's the, uh, that's the, uh, we did have a web page, but Facebook seems to work better than the web page. So we just focus on that now. Well, that sounds good. It seems like there's more of the, uh, you know, quite a few of the, uh, the, the rock acts from back in the 60s and 70s. It's amazing to me, you know, that some of them are still out there, oh, you know, still there's touring. there's quite a few, you know, I'm, I'm figuring Keith Richards and, and Mick Jagger will probably be the last two rock and rollers alive. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, there are a lot, and I, I, I love going to see the old music. You know, I recently uh, last year went to Dallas and saw John Sebastian from the Loving Spoonful, and the other members of the group will be at the Tower Theater here, I believe, in November. Hmm. Uh, so that's kind of a fun show coming up. But you know, I got to see Greg Allman right before he died at the Criterion, and excellent excellent show but uh more often than not these old rock and rollers are still really really good uh last october which wow almost a year ago uh we went to california to the desert trip festival Hmm. which was at a place where they have a coachella festival which is like three days of rock acts for younger people so they were calling this old cella and like the first night was Bob Dylan and the Rolling Stones. Uh, the second night was uh, Neil Young and Paul McCartney. Third night was the Who and Roger Waters of Pink Floyd. And it was incredible, uh, just incredible. And, you know, these guys are still at the top of their game. I always go see the Who anytime they're close. And it was one of the best performances you know, it was going back to 66 when I saw it. It's just incredible. And, of course, I guess it was a different level because, you know, back in 66 when they were new and 
tearing up their instruments and, and with Keith Moon. <laughs> it, it was just, whoa, it was just way over the top. But, uh, but these guys are still doing very well. Uh, a few nights ago, we saw Steve Miller, Eddie Money, and 38 Special. And hmm. just inc- incredibly good. Uh, as bad as Eddie Money looked and sounded, he was still great. Uh, he put on a good show. It was fun. And uh, so, you know, we, I saw Paul McCartney here in the city uh, a few months ago, just as good as ever, you know. And uh, so, you know, a lot of these guys, they still got it, you know. It's kind of cool. It's really encouraging because it seems like I know now what there seems like there's so many options in terms of, you know, newer music and, you know, newer artists that are coming up. And, of course, I, I, I've gotten to where I can't even, you know, I don't really even keep up with that anymore. It's kind of hard to. Yeah, but it seems like these, the, the, you know, that there's, and I've talked to, you know, certain younger people, you know, even in their 20s and 30s. Oh, they love the yeah. old rock and roll. And, uh, you know, it's so much of it, Sgt. Pepper, early Beatles, early Stones, you know, it's 50-plus years yeah. Old. And it's maybe the only genre of music that I can think of that's endured so long. You know, we go back before to blues. I mean, not blues, but uh, big band, you know. And there's still big band fans, but, but it's not like rock and roll. It doesn't oh, yeah. permeate the society and the radio and movies and commercials and you know, I I think you know you get back to the roots of rock and roll. It, it's just timeless. I hmm. think it will always be here as long as there's electricity. And even if there's not, they'll probably figure out a way by then to still play it. So it, it's kind of phenomenal. Yeah, I was wondering if you had any thoughts about what you know as far as why young people you know why you know young people maybe didn't even live during that time. Still, well, because uh, it's timeless. It, yeah, it is good. It's. Uh, it's just incredible music, you know. Uh, so uh, that's why they go back to the roots of it. And, you know, it's kind of fun being here in the record shop because you'll see these young kids come in, and a lot of time, you know, te- early teens, you know, and uh, even 20s. But they'll come in with their parents and grandparents, and you see them relating to each other through music and rock hmm. and roll history. And, uh, you know, it kind of binds the generations that way and uh, maybe in a way that without it, there wouldn't be a communication and connection between parents and kids or kids and grandparents. So I I see that quite often. And, you know, the kids, well, well, did you all hear this music or did you see that band? And So they really like, you know, the back and forth between the generations there and that's a lot of fun to participate in that. And it's really exciting because I know with kids today with having so many options with, you know, the computers, phones, right. social media, and to see that they can actually go, you know, go out and spend some quality time, oh, yeah, you know, with yeah. their parents or well, grandparents. That, that's and, what's neat about having a store like this. It, it, it gives them a mecca, a place to go to commune with the way things used to be and, you know, the product of the music of the past and, We've got records here from early 1900, you know, like when the 78s first came out, the Edisons, and they were real thick records, maybe a quarter inch thick. And uh, so we've got stuff from the 20s, the 30s, 40s, 50s, here, 60s, 70s, 80s, 
little bit of 90s and 2000s, someone will, some young guy will come in, got a speeding ticket, have to sell a few records, you know. <laughs> so that's how we'll get the newer stuff. But uh, I just kind of see herself as a depository of 20th century music. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, I buy a lot of things that the other record shops don't hmm. because I'm older and I relate to them. So I, I kind of like having stuff my parents and grandparents listen to. And, uh, you know, things I saw on TV back in the 50s, you know. I got to witness all the great acts and artists of that era because they were on variety shows all the time. The Tonight Show, Johnny Carson, Jack Parr, and Smothers Brothers. Uh, you know, there's just tons of great stuff on TV that the groups played on, and like Dick Clark, American Bandstand, and... Ronnie Kay in the scene, which was our local American bandstand. And you know, I have a sweatshirt from the scene up in the lobby here today that we've uh, got hanging up. And a Ronnie Kay poster when he did teen dances back in the back in the 60s. And that kind of reminds me of, you know, there was a band out of kind of Dallas, but Durant went to college down there, the Five Americans. And so they're Oklahoma roots, but you know, they had some good songs, Western Union, I See the Light. And I, I was a big fan of theirs back, this is probably eighth, eighth grade, ninth grade. And uh, so one time they were going to play here at a little club called the Levi Club, hmm. which was a, you know, a little nightclub bar. And so I taught my dad into taking me. So we went and... Like, there were two other people there, and me and my dad. So there were four people there to see the five Americans. And so between sets, they came out and visited with us, sat at our table. And, I mean, for eighth grade, yeah, that's big. Oh, big stuff. stuff you know? <laughs> and so a few months later, they played one of the uh, team Battle of the Bands down at the Civic Center downstairs in the Zebra Room. And, of course, they remembered me and just treated me like royalty, you know? And oh, that's big stuff back then. So every time I would get to see them, you know, we kind of had an ongoing thing, friendship, and that that is a lot of fun. So back in the good old days, it, you know, I still love thinking about it and reliving it. Oh, yeah. that's Well, I was going to say, that's that's. it's almost like when I heard someone the other day that was talking about that, you know, you have so many TV channels now and radio stations and all the, the electronic ways right. you can get music. And it, it, someone was talking about back in the 50s and 60s, you only, you only had the three TV networks right. with the variety shows and the oh, radio yeah. shows. And it was almost like everybody kind of brought everybody together, whereas right. now there's so much, you know, everybody well, can kind of find their own. it's all out there, and that's one thing the kids have going for them. They're all computer literate. And, yeah. And they can get on and go to YouTube or other places and hear all this old music. Yeah. Whatever they want to hear. They've got Wikipedia. They can read about them. So a lot of these kids, they know more about the rock world than I did back when I was their age. Because, uh, you know, we just didn't have, there were some fan magazines, but, you know, that was mostly sugar-coated and, you know, uh, agents wanting to sell, you know, bands. But but then we, of course, got Rolling Stone later, which, which kind of stepped things up. But, uh, but st- you know, today they have full access to learn everything they need or want to learn about these bands. And some of it's quite, quite extensive what they know and uh, 
you know, a lot of people download, but still CDs to a degree. But, you know, the, the, the kids and adults, you know, people like the idea of having a, a record. You oh, can yeah. hold it in your hand and look at it, and the sound is so incredible. And it's an artifact from the era of the time. Yeah. And so you're, unlike a CD where you can gotta get a magnifying glass to read the liner notes, and if you do, you usually give up because it makes you tired. <laughs> so, you know, there's just, a, it's night and day. And, and it's amazing. Now the CDs are just cratering. You know, they're dying. Oh, yeah. It's become a dying thing. And that's what the CDs did to the records many years ago. You know, they mm. pretty much killed the records uh, in the record business. But it's only... Really, I, I've thought about this a lot, and I can't think of another example where a technology that was replaced by another, and in this being records replaced by CDs, where the replaced technology comes back and replaces what replaced it. And Interesting. I can't think of another example of that. And now the records have replaced the CDs. Bands are putting fewer CDs out, mm. and more bands are, are releasing records again. Yeah. And now the rec- CD sales are just very small you wow. know, as compared to records. I do still sell some for, and mostly people wanting to take them in their car for convenience on vacation or something. A few have such extensive CD collections, they don't really want to go back to records. But, but pretty much, uh, records are replacing CDs. So as far as one technology being replaced and then coming back and replacing what replaced it, I, I can't think of another example. I, and I, I bring this up a lot because I'd like to hear from people that might have another example. But, yeah. But as today, I, I can't really come up with one. Because it seems like usually technology just keeps moving forward. Yeah, exactly. it? it just kind of you know, rolls exactly. on. Exactly. And doesn't go back. But here it's going back, and we're all going back to old music. So It's incredible. And we'll I, and I live rock and roll. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. And I have to wonder, too, you, know, you mentioned as far as the, the experience of getting a re, you know, buying a record. You know, and I can remember even as a teenager you know, trying to save up money and looking right. forward to get, you know, getting to that record store right. and getting, actually getting that album in right. my hands. Well, I, I remember I'd want one, and I'd, I'd go to uh, uh, AMC, which was a big wholesale house at, Tenth and Penn, just two blocks from me now, and I mean, I bought my Beetle rig there, and and, uh, and you know, got the records, and there was Spartan Atlantic, and got a lot of good records there, and Founders uh, Founders Fair, which was over about 59th and Penn uh, May Avenue, I mean, and so that's where I got a lot of my records, and I remember when uh, the Beatles Yesterday and Today came out, hmm. uh, you know. Uh, there was a big controversy about it. They were on the cover of the album, sitting around trunks with butcher smocks and meat hanging and doll parts. And uh, what what uh, the picture was in response to was they were pissed that our, our, uh, Capitol Records would always butcher their songs oh, and, okay. and not do them quite like they wanted. Hmm. This and that. Well. Capital found it very offensive. The, the the record was immediately recalled, and they pasted another cover over it that was real tame. Hmm. And so, you know, by God, I wanted that cover, you know. <laughs> so I went to Sears to look, and uh, right about the 
I was going through the record bin. This was Sears down at 23rd and Penn, the old original Sears. And uh, about the fourth record, you know, I'm looking in, at Adam, and there's the yesterday and today with the new cover. But you can barely see Ringo's smock that he was wearing hmm. through. And, and boy, he just jumped out at me, man. I bought that, <laughs> took it home, steamed it off. And I got, I had one. Now, the valuable ones are the ones that were never recalled and recovered. Oh, and that's okay. called a first state. The one that's uh, called that a second state is one that's been recovered. And the oh. third state is one that had been recovered and the, the cover taken off. But if you get a, you know, a first state, where, where it's just like it was when it was issued. It's some big money, and if you get one that was sealed, never been opened, we're talking about a small fortune there. Wow. So, and anyway, that's it. You know, it's just fun to look for records and go record shopping, and people still do it. There's people travel the country, and they just go from coast to coast hitting record shops. And uh, there's foreigners that... Just that's why they come over to go to record shops. Oh wow! Just try to find what they can find while yeah, they're here. And, and I've had a lot come into my shop and tell me it's one of the best they've ever seen. Oh wow! And that blows me, me away to how these foreign travelers been all over the world. St. Mine's one of the best they've ever seen. Being here in Oklahoma City, <laughs> that, that just to me defies all logic. But man, I'm proud they say that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that really strikes me through talking to you is that, you know, just, you know, being able to understand that this is so much a part of our collective history, isn't it? That there's so much of our Uh, culture and history that's wrapped up in it. Totally. I mean, you know, songs reflect the times because of them being new and creative from that time or because they, they, uh, they reflect, uh, uh, news or history of the time, you know, like Buffalo Springfield for what it's worth. You oh, know, yeah. You know, you know uh, all about protesting and signs and protests in the streets. So, and, you know, uh, you know, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, you know, uh, Poor Dead in Ohio. And, and there's just tons of songs, you know, just reflected the moment in an event. And uh, so, yeah, you know, music is part of our collective history. Yeah, it's interesting. This summer, I was kind of thinking a lot about that. I was listening to quite a bit of music from the summer of 68, and I was kind of having a little bit of, I'm not saying it's, it's exactly the same as it was back then, but I, but it kind of had so, I was definitely feeling some of that. Right. that you know, there well, was definitely some similarities. 67 was the summer of love, you know. Yeah. And that was the migration to San Francisco and the counterculture hippies. They uh, exploded that year, and I kind of exploded with them and kind of identified myself as a hippie. And, oh, yeah. You know, went on to live in commune and just, you know, follow music and, you know, the hippie's life. I, I love it. it I love fun. it. I, and I'm still <laughs> doing it. I still got a beard and long hair. So. <laughs> I love it. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. It's It really is almost, you can't really separate. It's almost like trying to separate the music. From your life, it just—I just the more I have heard from you, right. that it's just—it's it, we—it's kind of woven right in that. It's it? just one big ball of confusion. <laughs> Temptation said they had a song "Ball of Confusion." That's <laughs> I mean, a good ball of confusion. Well, that's good stuff. That's yeah. good stuff. Well, I, this has definitely been really interesting. I didn't know if there's anything else that you wanted to share with listeners well, as far as about the store. Or? I don't know what it'd be. I just if they have a desire to 
visit a record shop that takes off from record shops from back from back in the day. Come down and see us. You don't have to buy a record to have fun here. Uh, everybody just loves looking around because, in a sense, it's like coming to a museum. We have tons of posters up on the wall, oh, all yeah. original, and uh, I don't know. We may have a hundred up or more, mm. but uh, that plus the records and. You know, it's just a lot of fun. Plus, our dogs are here, and a lot of people come down just see the dogs. You know? <laughs> uh, there's been more pictures of our dogs, probably stop record shop dogs posted on the internet than you, you can imagine. So, you know, we just invite anybody wants to get a taste of music or a record store, come down and see us. And if you want to see a good concert for little money, uh, get on Facebook and follow us and follow our concert schedule. Absolutely, and then of course, if, if folks want to meet you personally, are you generally here most of the time? I'm here or? most of the time. If uh, we buy records every day, I encourage people if they want to sell records to call first in case I'm out doing records because I am the only one that does buy records. Or if they want to meet me or visit with me, you know, they might call before they come. Uh, uh, calls go to my cell phone; it's always with me, and I answer the phone all the time. So. Uh, I'm pretty much here all the time. This is what I like to do, and it's fun. So, you know, it's not like a job. You know, people say, well, how do you work so hard? And I say, well, I I, I, I would never work as hard as I work for anybody but me. Mm. But it's not really work. I'm having fun. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. I'll yeah. tell you what, that's, yeah. that really, that's very inspiring. Well, you know, all people need to do that, and all people don't get to do that. But mm. I never have a bad day. It's always fun. Well, that's good stuff. Well, John, thanks again so much. It's been great visiting with you, and I really appreciate it. You bet.